0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
1: every day.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, James Rapine, today joined by two guests, Mike. At Bengals underscore San Santagata and Joe Goodberry, at Joe Goodberry, we're going to talk about all things Bengals draft today, as it is draft miss, as they say. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts, and on YouTube. So hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button wherever you get your podcasts. Will be delivered to your device as soon as episodes drop. And guys, we're gonna get into the twenty twenty two NFL draft. It is upon us. James is wearing his hot take chain. I can't wait for what's gonna fly. Who
2: calls it draftmas? Let's go. Right. It take right now. Who calls it that?
1: Right here.
0: Joe?
2: Joe does. Yeah. That's it. Oh, okay. Well, nice I guess shot. if Joe does, well, what he was the godfather of the draft. So I guess he gets to uh,
0: <laughs> the godfather of you know, Bengals, Bengals Twitter Twitter draft, draft
2: Twitter. What, what? Yeah, Bengals draft Twitter. There we go. All right. So we need to change his name in YouTube. But yes. I, uh, all right. If Joe says it, then it must be true. People call it draft miss. This is no, I, people, I'm, say not, that. I'm not saying it's not. I, I mean, know, it's a holiday for me. That's why I'm like wearing the chain. Not, yeah, I, I just don't call it that, but it's okay. it's okay. I'm, I'm excited, I'm excited for the Bengals to pass on the, the best player, uh, that they could possibly get it's so tonight. negative it's to, to start the show right away. Wow, oh, okay. Anyways, what we, uh, we should. <laughs> Start with our best case, worst case. Clearly, I just tipped my my hand on my best case, which is Tyler Linderbaum, 31st overall. But uh, that's rude of me not to start with our guests. So, Joe, Mike, whoever starts talking first gets to go first. What's your best case scenario for Thursday night's draft pick at 31st overall? Go ahead, Mike uh i agree with
3: james uh ty linderbaum is my best case scenario even yes, i've baby. i've de- i've deliberated by myself long and hard about Carl versus linderbaum and i just feel more confident in the bengal system that linderbaum's gonna be not just like a good pro but like he really feels like he's gonna be a pro bowl all pro guy and you listen to like well if you're subscribed to trench warfare with brandon thorne like Jeff Saturday talk about the guy, and you're just like, God, man, he's even hitting these things. I don't notice these things. Like, his hip angle of departure, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I, I've studied offensive line, I looked deep into it, and he looked awesome to me. It's just – just the length is really the only concern because even his strength, even at that size, is, like, really impressive.
1: And I'm just because I think I want to go a little different because I think I know where James is going to go. I I do. I would also say best case is Linderbaum, but I'm going to say the other guy I would give an A grade to would be George Karlaftis, the edge out of Purdue, and I think he'd be more than the edge. Actually, I think he kick inside and do a lot of damage inside there and go against guards where maybe his agility isn't such a hindrance to his play. But we're talking about a really powerful, young, very productive guy. And when he was 18 as a freshman, 17 and a half sacks, seven—I mean, 17 and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Uh, that production usually carries over when you can do it at that age. I think he should be a top 15 pick, but I think this class, he's getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. That's okay with me. If the Bengals were able to scoop him up at 31, he'd get high marks from me.
2: I think that's the Bengals' best case. Like if we gave Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor and Luana Rumo truth serum, they'd be like, oh, yeah, George Karloftis. If he's there, we're going to dance the way I dance at the beginning of our show every day all the way up to the podium and say George Karloftis and get the hell out of there for round one. So um th- that's not crazy. I think that's probably accurate. And based on what we know, Tyler Linderbaum might not even be in their top three or four or five. And yet, yeah, he's my best, best case scenario as well. Cause I, I think, and Chris Sims did a good job on Lapham's podcast of describing this. Like to me, and you know me, offense, 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 but if the Bengals have this elite center, which I think he could be and would eventually be, and maybe he is as a rookie, maybe he is Creed Humphrey uh, or better, right? You know, you draft him earlier. There's a shot he could be just as good or better. It, it it could take their offense to a whole nother level. And that's what I want. That's what I think the future of this team is anyways. And so whether it is, a you know, a Tyler Linderbaum or if they find someone else, they need to find one more offensive lineman, I think, anyways. And I think Linderbaum's the best chance of them finding an elite offensive lineman that could be that multi-time pro bowler. So, you know, if he's there at 31, just turn in the card, Duke Tobin. Sabotage it all. I don't care what Mike thinks. Mike Brown, not you, Sands. Uh, Or anybody else. Just put in Tyler Linderbaum, send it in, and uh, we'll listen to our show because I think we'll be pretty happy.
0: Jake, what about you? I feel like Tyler Linderbaum would be a great pick, but I feel like if you go back to last year at this time, And I know that this is apples and oranges to some extent, but a big part of the argument in Jamar Chase's favor last year was positional value of wide receiver, positional value of an elite wide receiver. And at 31, getting an elite player is harder. And that's the argument for Linderbaum is if he's available to you at 31, you're getting a potentially elite player where there may be none others left in the draft. But if we're talking about a best case scenario, to me, it's getting an elite guy at another position, a more valuable position to fall to pick 31. And this is probably pie in the sky. It's probably very unlikely to happen. But say Trent McDuffie is available at 31. Trent McDuffie falls because teams are worried about his size, his arm length, his uh, build concerns. He hits the other athletic thresholds and by consensus is a higher evaluated corner than the guys that we've typically been talking about. The Kyer Elams, the Andrew Booths, the Kyler Gordon's his teammate at Washington. So to me, if we're talking about a best case, it would be somebody like that, a, a Trent McDuffie falling an edge rusher having a precipitous fall that we don't foresee at one of these more valuable positions and getting an elite player at a more valuable position than center. Now, if it is Linderbaum and he's the best player available and it's the only elite prospect left, I totally get where you guys are coming from because talking about a Trent McDuffie or say, I don't know, pick an edge rusher you really like, maybe it is Carl Loftus falling to that spot. You, you rather get the guy that you have a higher grade on regardless of position. But I just go back to last year and the year before and the way that I traditionally think about the draft. And one of the first things I think about is premium picks. For premium positional value, but at some point the quality of the player does override that. And that's that's kind of where
2: I'm at. And that's where I was at with Chase, honestly, is like, all right, he's a freak. And I think the NFL, as much time as they put into that, they they they're stupid with center sometimes. Creed Humphrey shouldn't have fallen as far as he did. And I think Linderbaum is probably gonna fall to round two. And I'm gonna be like, okay, Jacksonville, we'll take him, or or whoever, take him early on day two and, and thrive. And, you know, I'm not saying he fits that offense. I'm just saying teams that are there. And, and that's the part about it where, to me, it's players, not positions. I don't give a damn. If, if you get the wrong corner, if you draft the next Darquez Denard, I'm going to hate it at 31. you know what I, And I'm not saying McDuffie's that, and I get your point. I'm just saying I think Linderbaum is a top 15 player anyways, and the NFL is just more likely to let him fall than a corner because of that positional value, like you mentioned.
0: Right, and that's that's where it makes sense to me. Of course, the other side of this is the nightmare. The first round nightmare. You have the first round dream scenario of a guy falling to you, getting a blue chip player somehow at 31, which, let's all be honest, Tyler Linderbaum could be picked at 15, and all these guys could be gone. And more likely than not, when you pick 31, you don't get to pick between elite players. It just doesn't happen very often. There's a whole range of outcomes between dream scenario and nightmare scenario, though. But I do want to talk nightmare scenarios with Bengals underscore Sands and Joe Goodberry and James Rapine, and we'll do that coming up next. But first, a word from Shady Rays. You got to get Shady Rays in your life if you haven't yet,
2: because the weather's changing, summer's coming up, you got vacations planned, and odds are you're going to be vacationing in the sun, unless... Who knows? Maybe you're visiting Joe Goodberry in Buffalo. Well, it's still going to get sunny there this summer, and that's why you need Shady Rays. Don't spend $200, $300, $500 on sunglasses when you can get Shady Rays for a fraction of the price and same quality. They look great. They fit great. You need to check them out at ShadyRays.com. And the best part, you lose sunglasses, everybody does. You break them on accident. You sit them in your car. You sit down on them, something like that. They break. Shady Rays replaces them. For free. So get the shadyrays.com right now. Check out all of the different options they have. And maybe it's a Mother's Day gift. Maybe you just want to, you know, get Joe Goodberry a pair for all of his draft content this draft season. Well, you can do that at shadyrays.com. Use promo code locked on, and you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Again, use promo code Locked On at ShadyRays.com to get 50% off two or more pair. You can buy 20 pair, and you're going to get 50% off at ShadyRays.com.
0: All right, guys. We talked about the dream scenario. There seems to be consensus among the three of you that Tyler Linderbaum is that I'm not quite as sold. Joe had Karloftis. Karloftis? He was saying it to be different, I think. Am I wrong about that, saying it for the sake of throwing another guy out there?
1: Just to make sure we covered him.
0: Yeah. And that's important nightmare scenario, Joe, you deferred to Mike going first last time this time I'm putting you on the spot.
1: Yeah. And it's passing one of these guys if they're still available, right? So here's dream scenario is available to you. It's Linderbaum, Karlaftis, maybe McDuffie is still there. Um, you know depending on how those corners shake out, i think there is a potential for that uh and and they pass and they go a little off script or they go with the guys that have incomplete profiles and for me that's my thing i kind of harp on it because i feel like that's where they miss the most going off script meaning no one had drew sample as a second rounder you don't need to take true sample there so do they reach a little bit do they see somebody that all right all the corners have gone we like Martin Emerson next or somebody, you know, off, off, right. Oh my God. <laughs> these, these, these are the nightmare scenarios. You should react that way. It's when they go a little bit off because the run happened ahead of them and they still want to address a position. We've seen them do that before. Uh, and, or it could be a, maybe a guy still there that has been mocked to the Bengals, but has that incomplete profile because the run has already happened. Does that leave them Andrew Booth junior out of Clemson? For me, of the reasonable guys, he is the the worst prospect of the reasonable guys in terms of what I, what I expect for his upside, number one, based on um, athletic and, and production profiles, but also because I don't ever see him becoming, even if he had all the things, the, the athleticism measurements, and he was healthy. I mean, that's well, another thing. he got the health worries. Even if he had all that clean, I still would put him behind some of these other guys at corner uh, behind a uh, Kyler Gordon, behind a Kyrie Elam, behind a McDuffie, and so I think once you get to that point and you're drafting the fifth corner in this draft, to me, that's that's not an ideal scenario. That's my nightmare scenario.
2: What about you, Mike? Uh,
3: I, well, Martin Emerson would probably be worse than <laughs> I would come yeah, up that with.
1: Scary.
2: That's yeah. a wild one, Joe. Night, sure. night, nightmare on on. The... Uh... Pete Rose Way, Paul Brown Stadium Way, whatever you want to call it.
3: The first one I could think of, just from guys I've watched, was if they go some of early draft Twitter's favorite and Demarvin Leal, where I watched him and I was like, he's getting blown off the ball. He's shimmying every pass move and can't get by any uh, any NFL level talent. Like I just don't see him as anything, even a Oh, I didn't even see him as a day two pick, but I understand he's got the production and everything to back that up. So like that guy would uh, that that's kind of a nightmare. But out of the really realistic ones, I mean, there's that Trey McBride smoke. I know it's probably not happening, but I'm like, yeah, that one's a little bit of a nightmare to pass up Linderbaum and Loftus to take Trey McBride, who consensus ranking of like fifty. I liked Dulcich more on film just because I think he's more dynamic. Um, yeah, those two off the top of my head are like, yeah, that that'd be pretty
2: bad. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I, I think to Joe's point, it, like if Karloftis is there, I and Linderbaum's gone, and odds are most of the top guys are gone if Karloftis falls, and it goes hand in hand, right? If one of these big guys falls. If they pass on him, that's like insane to me, right? And, and so that would be the nightmare. And if you couple it with, oh, well, we got Trey McBride. I'm literally like, I should create a business, you know, Joe bro needs more weapons, LLC and, and just run that company, right? That should be my company at the same time. I do not want Trey McBride at 31, especially if you're passing on an elite address. I don't think they would do that, but nightmare scenario would be, you know, drafting this pass catcher and they're like, yeah, he can block and he can run and he's going to have 350 yards as a rookie. That's not what I want at 31. I want the center who's going to play a thousand snaps. So if they passed on Linderbaum for a guy who, or an Andrew Booth, honestly, I would hate it, you know, because he's got the injury history, Joe, uh, you know, I trust you with the incomplete profile, all that stuff. It's like, oh, that's, we're worried about short arms and and because he's, you know, eight pounds lighter than you want him to be, like, you know, give him some built bars. It'll be fine. I promise. He's just better. And, and so, yeah, that that's the scary part to me because the window that they have and that they're playing with right now, if they get an elite player at 31 or just a good player, in, in not one of these swing and miss types like a drew sample like a martin emerson at 31 jesus joe that would uh it'd be rough and and i remember it, you know as we record this it's thursday four years ago today four years ago today they drafted billy price and so uh it you, you, the wild part about that he was the 21st pick right his 21st he uh he's not in the league right now he's a free agent so you know maybe he ends up in the usfl or xfl or you know on a back i'm just kidding he'll be in the nfl but i don't want any more billy prices even though they're picking 31 not 21.
0: let me let me throw a few things out to you guys because i think you've covered the things that would qualify for me as nightmarish i think the rest of the things are not quite at the nightmarish point <sighs> but there's a couple guys that i think could be in play so let's let's do a couple either ors here the first and this is a, as much an either or as a Would you be upset if, or maybe you even like the other guy better. So maybe it's an either or first, and then it's, would you be upset if. So George Karloftis is available. Arnold Abikati is available. The Bengals choose to draft Arnold Abikati. Are you upset? Mike. Upset, uh
3: like I wouldn't have done it, but honestly, like I see Evie ketty as a near first round pick. It's okay. It's it you had a higher grade, whatever reason. Maybe it's a medical, maybe per- personality really didn't vibe. I don't know. I like that's close enough that I'm okay with it. It's not my favorite thing that they could do, but it's not it's not Martin Emerson.
1: Yeah, majority, I feel this. You know, yeah. First of all, that's Martin Juice Emerson, all right, and and he's the pick <laughs> at sixty three in the scenario. But, uh, but but no, I wouldn't be upset. I would be like, eh, I I'd prefer Carlaftis. I think Carlaftis would be the better player. But you know what? They may see Carlaftis as a guy that kicks inside and wins that way, and that's less valuable than a guy like Abicetti who can go, you know, win. He's gonna win on what he does. What what he does and what he does on tape consistently is probably what's gonna carry over and he's gonna continue to do exactly that and just swipe the hands down and cut that corner and just run at the quarterback at a at a 90 degree angle almost at these guys.
0: And on and the he rare could have occasion, an- he actually gets off the ball. It'll right. be a really little and,
2: and he could have he could have that instant impact, right? Where he boosts, you know, he gets the sack on Patrick Mahomes or the pressure you need on fourth down or whatever the scenario is. Um, it, it's kind of like, I wouldn't be mad if they like, let's say Zion Johnson fell right and Linderbaum's there. I think they would take Johnson, but I wouldn't be mad at them if they did that. And now it's not the same because those two guys, at least in our world are higher rated. I would say than the Evacadian and Karloff, this duo at the same time. I, I feel like it's, it's kind of similar where it boosts that, that position group. It's just a matter of preference.
0: Okay. The next one is Nekobi Dean rumored to be falling out of the first round. What's your grade for a N'Kobe Dean selection? Let's let's assume the big guys are gone. Let's say it's N'Kobe Dean versus Andrew Booth to make it a little spicy because it's a linebacker versus a corner that you don't really want if you're Joe Goodberry, at least. And I'm sure some of you listening have different opinions about Andrew Booth. But say all the corners you really want are gone. Kyler Gordon's even gone because we know Kansas City likes him or what have you. And, and those are the best players that, and they probably wouldn't be, there's probably somebody else you can make up, but assume that that's the scenario. Who
1: are you picking? Joe, we'll start with you this time. That's tough. I'm glad you uh, made it versus Booth because that definitely tied it up for me a little bit. Because I like Booth on tape. I don't want to get it twisted. I think Booth is extremely um, balanced and efficient with his footwork. He is almost never off balance and never getting out of position. And he makes the most out of the athleticism he has. I don't think he's a bad athlete. You know, I think he's he's a good, not an elite athlete. But I think you know just how calm and cool he is in coverage should translate to at least some ability. Whereas Nicobe Dean, I didn't focus on linebackers because that. I don't know if they will or where they'll take a linebacker at all, unless it's like a day three special teams type guy. But if the value is presented in this scenario, does it happen? And how would I feel? Man, it's tough because uh, watching the other Georgia prospects, because there were so many, Dean stood out and and he did a lot of things. And he's a unique player because he's a bit undersized. But, man, they used him as a battering ram at times, and he's looked good in coverage as well. And he can blitz. I mean, he can do it all. He can help your defense be something more than it is. Ah. his profile is pretty strong as well. I'd kind of lean it towards Dean here, and I hate it, but it's tough. Mike, you like
0: linebackers, right? <laughs>
3: um, yeah, I mean, I between the two, just film-wise, I do think Booth was better, but everything with the incomplete profile, the injuries. If it was me personally, I, I don't know. I'd probably take the chance on Booth, but I'm not mad either way. I like them both. I think Dean's very interesting, and he's one of those rare linebackers, and you've, I guess you've seen a few, like one, one every year now, that could keep up with a slot receiver on the on the bender, three up his three thing, you know. Uh, well, didn't work for Isaiah Simmons, but worked for JOK. So you know, hopefully that 50% hit rate on these extremely athletic linebackers. very slender uh, yeah leonard the thing with leonard though is he has a length too mm-hmm. so that's one thing that does hurt dean his arms aren't very long so he keeps up he might just get mossed by that guy anyway but i'd probably go booth but i, I like i'd okay with
2: either one can i take quay walker or no
0: <laughs> sure if you want a different linebacker i guess you No, i'm just saying
2: it, instead of Nakobe dean no uh that's tough. I I would probably say Booth. I guess I don't know. It, I that's the thing. I wish I knew what they were thinking with Pratt. You know, and and that's that's the part of it that's that makes it a little more challenging because Dean's really good.
3: But I could
0: lean both. If they we take Dean round
3: one, they're probably getting rid of Pratt.
0: But they don't. Get yeah, at that point, the writing's on the wall. They do have three linebackers that they drafted a couple of years ago, still for two more years. So that's why we're not talking about linebacker very much, and. Why we'll probably continue to not talk about linebacker very much until maybe later in the draft if they take a if they take a swing somewhere. But Akeem Davis Gaither and Marcus Bailey are also on the roster for those of you that have forgotten those two guys. Coming up next, we continue our draft show with Mike and Joe as we get closer and closer to Thursday night.
2: But first, a word from Built Bar, the number one protein bar on the planet. The Built Bar, or the the protein bar that we need to send to Tyler Linderbaum if he gets picked by the Bengals, so he can add, you know, a couple more pounds, a little more strength. Since people are worried about that, no, the arms aren't going to grow with Built Bar, but it's going to give him that protein punch. It's going to give you that protein punch that you're looking for. Maybe you just want a healthy snack in the middle of the day. Maybe you want a post workout. Uh, awesome snack that's going to give you the protein, that's going to have low sugar, that's going to fit your macros, low in calories. Well, Built Bar is the perfect bar for you. So check them out at built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, to get 15% off the number one protein bar on the planet, use promo code LOCK15 at built.com.
0: All right, guys. We're going to wrap up our show here with, I think, a, a fairly challenging question. As we've all gone through our various mock drafts, the last three days on this program, if you're doing them on Twitter, wherever you're doing a mock draft at this point, if you're not abusing the robots and trading back and getting like seven second round picks, then you're probably finding it somewhat challenging to fill every spot you would like to fill in this draft. There's probably a position that you're going to want to address early. You're not going to be able to. And so my question to our esteemed guests, and we'll go around the horn here, is if you have to punt on a position for the first two days of the draft, and you do, you only have three picks, which position of need specifically, you can't pick kicker, do you punt on as the Bengals if you're drafting? And Mike, we'll start with you this time.
3: So... My first thought is I don't know if this is a big enough need, but like I'd punt safety <laughs> out of the first three rounds, but maybe that's not a big enough need. Maybe we just mean like interior offensive line, three-tech edge, um, maybe tight ends in there. Maybe safety doesn't matter because you have two guys locked up that are both Corner. good and starting. Corner two, yeah. yeah. So if safety isn't an option mm. uh, out of all those just to punt, kind of sucks because – one of my guys is one of them, but <laughs> I guess out of the real needs, uh, I'd punt tight end. Uh, does that count?
0: I yeah. think that it could count. I think that's a position that the Bengals could reasonably expect it to pick in the first couple rounds. And I think it's kind of the easiest one to kick the can down the road. So I don't think you're too off base there. Joe, Do you? do you agree? Do you have a different take? No, I
1: think... Tight end, because I think the maximum value of drafting one probably starts in round three. So if we're punting yeah. it into round four and five, I'm not mad about that. You're just putting it down a little bit further. And there's still a lot of guys we do. We run the simulations right there. It's not that tough to find a guy in round four or five uh, that you like at tight end. So, yeah, if I got to point punt one of those. Now, if you want really want to tighten this question when you come back around, I think it gets a little bit harder. I am going yeah. to tighten the question. James, go ahead.
2: Well, no, I'll, I'll tighten it. I just I won't use tight end because it is it's easy to it's easier to say that that's the obvious yeah. one if you're not including safety. I'll say edge because I think they could find edges on day three that that could potentially contribute and be those developmental guys harder at corner. I think it's you could go interior line two, but it's risky and it's more risky when you're talking about the Bengals who have been bad at drafting offensive linemen uh, to wait on that. So I don't want to kick the can down the road on that one either. But Edge, it still leaves you open for that three-tech early. Obviously, still leaves you open for for the cornerback and, uh, of course, my wide receiver option. So uh, that's the one that I I would pick, I think. And part of it has to do with the depth of the
0: position and and where you could get these guys in rounds four and five. I'm going to say something controversial. And it's partially because I think this is what the Bengals are going to do, and it's going to be offensive line. I don't think they're going to pick an offensive lineman in the first two days of the draft. And I can see the merit to it because you could probably get a guy in the fourth round that is good. I think this is a deep and I think the middle rounds of interior offensive linemen are pretty good. And so the way I was going to tighten the question was going to be if you had to wait an extra round or two. So like you don't get your tight end in the third round. Instead, you're taking him in the fifth round. If you don't get your corner in the first round, instead, you're in the third round. If it's that kind of punting, which position are you okay with deferring? And for me, it is offensive line because I think that the the interior, like I said, is, is very deep. And for me, the thing that Joe and I were talking about yesterday after we recorded that I've really struggled with is this looks like an amazing edge rusher class. And when you have really strong positional classes, something that we've talked about in the past is get one of those guys. When you have the generational class, it feels bad to have none of those guys. And it doesn't really feel easy to draft an edge rusher if you're the Bengals this year because you're feeling that pressure at corner, at three tech, maybe at tight end, maybe at some of these other positions. But man, I would—I think somebody's going to fall. Like Arnold Ebicati, we've talked about him a few times, is probably a solid first round pick that we're talking about at the top of the second round. Like if the Bengals are picking... 33 of one again. We're we're like, yeah, let's get Arnold Evacadi at 33. But they don't have that luxury this year, so does that does that change it any any way for you, Mike, if you're thinking about it a little bit differently in tight ends just one like where maybe you're not drafting a tight end at all. What what's the next one for you where you would really hate to miss out on a position in this class?
3: Hate to miss out or am I, I'm sorry, am I answering uh tighten up that we're kicking one, an extra round down the road, right? Let's like,
0: say, let's say <clears throat> a position that you really like that you would like the Bengals to get one of those guys because you think the classes is, is strong.
3: Okay. Yeah. Uh, to me, it's corner uh i love the first round corners that i watched and even some of the second round guys i like those guys a lot i think you take one of them i see the edge thing i just i i think that corner is a bigger need out of those two i don't think people are going to disagree with that but when you think about like when they're tied like this is a really good edge class this is a really good corner class i think well corners kind of the
1: need so i bump it up just a tiny bit more joe what are your thoughts i'd like to flip it a little bit first you make a great point though. I remember the two thousand and fourteen receiver class, tremendous class, right? I remember it was like, oh, historic class. I'm like, the Bengals should take one, and they still had Marvin Jones, Mohamed Sanu, and they end up taking, I want to say it was Mario Alford in the sixth or seventh round. And I'm like, no, not like that. You should have, ta- you know, you should have rolled that dice on the Stephon Diggs, Tyler Lockett type stuff in the mid rounds, James. You remember we've talked about those mm-hmm. guys for years now. Uh, but so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm with that point, like. Don't wait till the sixth or seventh to grab one of these edge rushers because then you're not you're not really getting into the strength of the class. You take one in the third, fourth, fifth round. I think you're still getting mm-hmm. maybe two rounds uh, where a guy would have won a little bit earlier in previous years. To flip the question just a little bit or massage it differently, I would not want to miss out on defensive tackles after sixty-three. Like if you don't get it at thirty-one or sixty-three, punt the position because it's mm-hmm. so bad. It is the worst defensive tackle class I think I've ever graded out. Uh, and if you're not getting one of these guys, the only guy I really even like is Curtis Brooks. And like, I think the cat's out of the bag at this point. And who knows if you're even going to get him. Who knows if he's even going to get drafted. I just can't get a feel for it. But if you're talking like Matthew Butler in the third round, Federian Mathis in, in the third, fourth, light the pick on fire. It's not even worth it. Like at best case, one of those guys looks like a Brandon Thompson type to me and, and Matthew Butler, which is fine. You get a good upfield burst, but he doesn't know what to do after that. I mean you you could have some value that can back up for you but I want so much more with that pick it's got to happen in the first two picks.
2: Yeah, I I uh I would agree with that and that's the thing with edge and that's why I I kicked it is because of the the depth and I get it you could make the same case for our offensive line. I just which one do you prioritize more? We already need the interior help and it's super shallow and if the Bengals if they don't take an interior lineman and a cornerback with two of their first three picks, people are going to be like, well, what the hell? And Joe's right. That means – because they're going to take a corner. If they don't get that interior defensive lineman, then you better be calling Larry Ogunjobi or, or one of these free agents and, and getting it that way because you're, you're probably not going to get it in the draft, at least not someone that's going to contribute right away. Um, so it, it's it's tough, you know, because 31 – I agree with you, Jake. Something someone's going to fall, and maybe it's Karloftis. And if that's the case, take him. If it's Linderbaum, take him. Right? Um, maybe. So maybe it is in a corner, and it's hard to forecast. But who you take there obviously impacts how you go through this path, this draft path, and ultimately, there's going to be at least one weakness, maybe multiple. Like just because they draft a receiver in the seventh round, doesn't mean that wide that fourth receiver slot is filled. Right, and so you could be looking like, ah, you don't feel confident in their fourth receiver, maybe tight end. I'm okay with those spots if you are able to get an edge that can contribute right away, an offensive lineman like Linderbaum, uh a three tech. So it's it, you know, but still, now you're looking at corner. Where's where's the corner coming from? So it's it's going to be tough for them to fill all of their needs.
0: And and that's why it's so hard. Is as soon as you diverge from what you want One. to happen, as soon as you don't go corner, defensive tackle, edge rusher. Well, now, now you're not getting one of those. As soon as you pick a center in the first round, now you're not getting a three-tech, or you're not getting a corner until, you know, De, Demario Mathis or something like that. You're hoping <laughs> yeah. Demari Mathis is there for you in the third round, or Alante Taylor, if you like him at corner in the third round, right? And, and you might not get that, which is why it's so challenging. But, Joe, I really like the way you put that. Set the pick on fire. Don't, you know, what's the point at that point at certain positions, and... Defensive line, you're right, incredibly shallow this year. There's, what, five guys that you're relatively comfortable drafting, and that's Logan Hall, Travis Jones, Jordan Davis, who's not going to be available to the Bengals. Devontae Wyatt, probably, although I, before we started recording, mentioned some reservations I have with his age and productivity profile. And Perry and Winfrey, who, you know, on tape, probably – a little bit more divisive, but at 21 years old, 22 years old, probably shortly after the draft, uh, you know, th- there's some there's some real upside there with the way he plays and, and the way that he uh, gets after the passer, at least on tape, looks like
1: a pretty good pass rusher and had pretty good pass rushing productivity. So I've got an either or then because it sounded like we could, it, this could happen. Would you rather them go three straight offensive picks or three straight defensive picks? I feel like three straight defensive picks could actually happen in in this kind of scenario we laid out a little bit. If it's like Karlaftis, so it kind of starts with the first pick. If Karlaftis and Linderbaum are there, right, and you kind of start it there, and they want to get a tight end in the third round or a second and wide receiver in the third for James, you know, just O-line, wide receiver, tight end, James would love that, I'm sure. So not what's more realistic, because you're going to miss out on the other guys then, if that's the case, if you go one or the other. Would you rather them go straight defense for the first three picks and then they fill in after that, or straight offense for the first three picks?
2: James, what's, winning them, what's, what, yeah, what's winning them games in 2022? Offense. All right, then. And that, that's the part is like, Lou, I love you, and I know you're pissed off. because Not pissed off, but you're hoping to get your first first round pick that's on defense. That being said, Joe Burrow is going to keep you in games and is, is the reason that any of you guys are still in town. So if, if that means you're getting Linderbaum and then you're taking, let's say it's Linderbaum, McBride. And who do you want to say in round three? Alec Pierce. At, I know <laughs> we're talking 45 plus a game. You, like, you would have fans. to
0: go the other way. You'd have to go Linderbaum, Alec Pierce, and then Charlie Kohler D- or
1: something.
2: Oh. Or Dulcich. Fine.
0: Dulcich,
2: Dulcich. Yeah.
1: I mean, absolutely. If you sign shall. me up for that, that's, you, you know what I'm saying? Like Wendell Robinson.
2: Okay, still probably, yeah, because it fills multiple roles. It gives him that quick. He's a returner,
0: slot. too. And mm-hmm. and
2: yeah, exactly. And so that's the route I go. Man, people are going to hate that. What, what about core? Ah! Right, what about. What say you,
0: Bengal Sands?
3: I mean, if you're talking Linderbaum, Pierce, and then Dulcich, that.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, but, I mean, that that's such a best case scenario. For I know. Offensive like, players. What's, the,
3: what's the other end? That, like, like Karloftis. McReary, and
2: then you get Perry and Winfrey round three.
3: Yeah. <laughs> like, yes.
0: Well, like, it has to be really good on defense, too, to match that trio yeah. of offensive well, players. But, yeah. but
2: he said Robinson. So it would be, you know, Linderbaum, Dulcich, or, you know, whatever tight end you think there, and then Wendell Robinson
1: or yeah. Wandell Robinson, excuse me. Or, or Cross in the third round at safety.
0: Yeah. Nick yeah. Cross. Yeah. Sans hates Nick Cross. So <laughs> I'm don't put him
3: on the. Uh, uh, it, it could yeah.
0: be, um, Go ahead. Go ahead,
3: Sam. Oh, um, yeah, uh gut. Yeah, uh, yeah. My heart wants to say offense with you because I do want the offensive lineman and I want the the Dulcich and I want, you know, I'm cool with the fourth wide receiver. Figure out the defense. Hey, Lou, you were a mad scientist before. <laughs> I'll just I'll just do the hot take and stick with offense with James, you know. <laughs> I, I'm in, I, I think neither, but uh, you know, I'm into this offense idea. You know, if you're gonna go all out, go all out.
0: How many Joe, of those come offensive on. players make a big difference in year one? Joe asked a question, so he gets to go last. How many of these offensive players make a big difference in year one is my question. And and ideally, it's the offensive linemen. And ideally, your wide receivers stay healthy. And ideally, you know, Hayden Hurst comes in and gives you the productivity you want in the passing game at tight end. And they're not drafting a tight end who's going to come in and block as a rookie. And as we've discussed many times, tight ends generally aren't contributing almost anything their rookie year, even if they're good. It's very, very rare for Kyle Pitts to come along and be a Rookie of the Year candidate at tight end. So those are the reasons that I I would push back against offense a little bit. On the other hand, the ideal case often doesn't happen. And the wide receiver probably is going to get on the field. And the tight end probably is going to get on the field. And solidifying the offensive line and in doing so, adding depth to the offensive line when inevitable injuries happen along the offensive line makes you better there too. So that's how you argue for the offense. James, you want to interject?
2: Yeah, real quick. Sorry, Joe. Um, by the way, my ideal, since we're doing this, Linderbaum, then Pierce. I just want to go on record. Oh, okay. Then you get the tight end in round three. Just, just so we're we're clear, you get. I I would rather have the better receiver, potentially, than than the tight end because you know, and that's that's just me personally. But you know, that's not a shock to anyone. Go ahead, Joe.
1: Completing the offense is very intriguing, right? Like, at that point, what do you need? (laughs) You start thinking about, like, replacement for Mixon. Every week. In in a a year or two. Like, that's it. You you feel pretty good. Um, Yeah, even if that's, like, Wendell, because then he can return. So, that that may even push it further for me on on the offensive side. But, at the same time, though, what does that – the negative, the inverse, is that that really leaves the defense thin with major holes and the future – Looking for pretty bleak, especially if they can't extend a guy like Jesse Bates, uh, because they've only got a few guys that are homegrown talent with with Hubbard, who's already extended uh, Bates on the tag right now. And then the two linebackers and that's it. They kind of linebackers are old for rookies, for for rookie contracts, young guys. Right. Right. Uh, So they kind of need that influx. That's why I could I could see three straight defensive picks because you need that talent in there and that cheap talent. You can't keep signing free agents on the defensive side because that money has to go to the offense in the next two years. And when that happens, that defense is going to fall off unless you've already invested those picks. So I don't want to see that happen. So, you know, I get it. Yeah, I I think
0: ultimately I would argue for defensive picks for that reason because eventually that's going to catch up to them. Like if they have to acquire two new safeties, a three-tech, a corner – Uh, an edge rusher and maybe a linebacker next year at starting positions that's six seven guys you have to replace and then they're going to start to have extensions to worry about on the offensive side of the ball so at some point you need to get these young guys on the defensive side of the ball who are going to be part of your future core this seems like a good opportunity to do so because they're so solid at 10 of their starting spots on offense and yeah adding some depth would absolutely be great and getting to 11 starting spots would absolutely be fantastic but i i just think that ultimately i i end up wanting the cheaper controlled young guys on defense
2: well, the the argument is is simple you you turn this one position group into this elite monster that skip puts the fear of joe burrow in in every opposing defense every single week and you reset after the 2022 season I, Tyler Boyd's on the chopping block potentially, anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Mixon that contract, and so you could free up money that way. They don't have to extend T next off season. and I think that that's the idea that they're going to just give him huge money. I, let's backpedal a little bit. Chase is still years away from that, so well, it's if really you draft burrow.
0: Alec Pierce, are you extending it, T Higgins?
2: And, and but but that's maybe, and it could maybe, and maybe not. But he's Boyd's replacement. That's what happens, and then you find Mixon's replacement next year. Which it sounds crazy, but that's what you're talking about. And now you have this loaded, stacked, Herculean offense to go up against the Bills and Chiefs for at least a year. Maybe it is two years. Maybe you find a way to make it work for two years, and then it's you know you bring it back where it's like all right, you you know that you reset a little bit. Um, But but yeah, you you know you're not paying a tight end after this year. Um, Not that you're paying Hurst a ton, but that's why you would draft a tight end. You probably wouldn't be paying Boyd after this year, uh, the mixing factor. And then you would pay Logan Wilson next offseason. So you would invest in some of these young defensive players. You probably would pay Jesse Bates in this scenario, even though I think they want to anyways, and it just hasn't happened. So uh, I don't know if anybody else had thoughts on that, but for the less extremist
3: version, do you prefer them to go two offense, one defense, or two defense, one offense?
0: Mm. When are they taking the offensive player?
3: Because Uh, I think third
0: round offense is much worse for the things that the Bengals are going to draft than the first two rounds. Okay,
3: say it's first round offense, second and third defense, or first round defense, second and third offense. Basically, uh, you could think Karloftis and then two offensive players or Linderbaum and two defensive players. I would go Linderbaum and two defensive players. Too. Yeah, I shouldn't have given the example.
2: I knew <laughs> <That> <laughs> too easy.
3: Linderbaum. Yeah,
2: uh, well, let's say it's lower because, down. because he could be the missing link on this offense, and it could still be that oh. fire-breathing dragon every week.
0: Yeah, yeah I, think, I, I think it gets more complicated if it's a different offensive lineman, if it's a guy that you're,
3: you know. Kenyon Green uh, and yeah. two defensive players or uh, Ebiketti
0: and two offensive players. I'd probably still go the offensive lineman just because to, to me, offensive lineman in the first round, you can, you can assuming you get the corner in the second round and that's then hard. you just live without, like you get an edge rusher and you live without a three tech. That's kind of what I'm thinking to I, manufacture I, a pass rush. Yeah, I,
2: you're right. I maybe I don't know. I would probably say corner in round one and then you could do, you know, the receiver in rounds two or three and then the the offensive lineman in the round that you don't. Uh, Take the receiver. I I would say wide receiver round two, offensive lineman round three.
3: Even though uh, I think Linderbaum is best case scenario, I do also think if you just look at the way that you find a lot of these guys, the day three pick on the interior of the offensive line, those guys are usually turned. They're not usually, but like higher chance that those guys turn into starters, at least. And high-end starters than guys like look at creed humphrey last year <laughs> third round pick so like those guys are usually the ones that turn into higher end starters than trying to
2: draft your cornerback in the third round or fourth round but he yeah. but he should have been a first rounder huh? like mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like that's yeah. the, that's that's why if linderbaum gets out of round one it just means the nfl stupid not hmm. <laughs> you know and, and and that's why the bengal should run to the podium going back to where we started today
0: and yeah, you make a really ball. good point because i like interior offensive line depth that that yeah. does I, – I forgot I said that earlier, and now I'm reminded. Joe, you want to uh, throw in?
1: I was just thinking, um, you know, once you start talking about other guys that we could like an Katie or, or, you know, or, or Kenyon Green. And I started – you know, we talk too much about Karlaftis and, and and Linderbaum. And who are some other like top 25 guys that could potentially be there? And would you be like, yeah, take them? Is it Devontae Wyatt? Is it Trent McDuffie? Is it uh, Bernard Raymond? Is it uh, Trevor Penning? Um, you know, which of these guys, maybe Mike is got I'd like his take on that or any of those four where you're like, that's a great pick. Or you kind of, you know, if they're falling, let them fall.
3: Oh man. Cause I didn't love Raymond or penning in the little bit, I watched them. So mm. I'm kind of okay with them skipping past those guys, especially cause they have Collins. Now that was, that was a bigger deal when there was no right tackle. Um, and the other one, Wyatt. it's not a smash, but it's a, it's a, yeah, take him, especially if Linderbaum Karloftis or maybe those guys just aren't on your board for whatever reason and why it is and for whatever reason I'm okay with that um I don't remember the the fourth one McDuffie oh McDuffie yeah my hot take is I I, I'd rather they go get Kyrie Elam than Trent McDuffie and Mm -hmm. I know that's not consensus but I just think that he actually presents elite traits and uh he plays the way I like the cornerbacks to play more than when I watch McDuffie and he's bailing out of there and he doesn't have great long speed, his recovery speeds. Okay. But not great. It's there's a lot. There's like, yeah, he's going to be a solid corner too, but I don't know if he's ever going to be the guy to follow your number one wide receiver while Elam. I'm like, yeah, that guy, if everything pans out right with him, that guy might be the guy to follow your number one wide receiver around and shut him down.
2: Backson Hill for me, which is no surprise to, to, to a lot of, uh, well, at least you, Uh, You guys, everybody in this on this pod, because I've been raving about in the past couple of days. I think Lou Anarumo has got to love him and and would love the idea of having a chess piece like that, that he could move around. Is he going to play as much as, you know, Linderbaum or Karloftis or, you know, a three tech? You know, you could argue that Um, at the same time, I think him and Bates would be a lot of fun if you kept Bates, you know, long term. And so, you know, I I have a, a little bit of a draft crush on Daxton Hill. If he was there, that would be kind of fun. A little bit. <laughs> a lot of it old. let's be honest a lot of it i, I might have a uh a, an iHeart daxton hill chain somewhere
1: but you love those i'm Michigan waiting players.
2: for draft
0: night do i who else Dax hill chris evans well
2: yeah chris evans i took one look at him in in rookie otas and it was like oh my god
3: captain love.
0: america captain yeah. america he moves the human man.
2: torch he can
0: move what about torch. you jake yeah chris evans was a human torch how about me a faller that that would make me very happy is that the question yeah you asked it yeah. or no, no joe, joe asked,
2: asked it. it anyway yeah go ahead
0: <laughs> i mean linder the guys we talked about Linderbaum, karloff just obviously but zion johnson is the other one for mm. me. Yeah. like zion johnson's a plug and play left guard mm-hmm. and does everything that they need him to do to me so you know we talk about the depth that offensive te- uh, interior offensive line in this class but as far as guys that are falling that one's way up on the list for me. And there might be an edge rusher, another edge rusher that I'm not thinking of too. But since I don't think first round wide receivers in play, I don't think that, I mean, I still don't want a first round running back ever. So like Brees Hall, I'm not, I don't, like I get it, but I don't want it. And so, you know, out of the guys that are fallers potentially, I just have a hard time seeing any of the anybody I really want falling to 31. Because all the guys I really want are like top... Fifteen guys, you know.
2: Yep. Yep. Like Linderbaum. All right. Uh fine I, I guess Another. final picks in ten seconds or less. You, you still ticking uh t- t- taking Kyrie Elam, Joe at 31.
1: Yeah, as of right now, I think he could still be there. And I'll I think he's on the board, so Kyrie Elam.
0: Sands?
3: Yeah, Kyrie Elam. I just raved about him.
0: I Jink. I I'm the same. I have not changed my my predictive pick i think Kyrie elam lines up and if he's available i think that's the way that would make sense
2: all right real quick duke tobin when Kyrie elam and, and tyler linderbaum are both available george karloff this is going to be long gone think about number nine having all the time in the world and 28 cutting back running all over the chiefs in the afc championship game at paul brown stadium and take tyler linderbaum right you're wrong after passing on creed humphrey
0: last year for jackson carmen all right. Imagine being able to run to end a game. Ooh. To ice a game. To, to being start able to a run game. The ball consistently, it, to start a game. Yeah. To be fair. have your play action. To have your one not sell out on your play action boots. Play action working? Oh my God. Samaj yeah, that, P.
2: Ryan getting a yard when you need it. Oh, yes. <laughs>
0: hey, man.
3: Hey, he can get one yard. He just can't get you know, <laughs> 1.1. 1. 1. 1. 1. <laughs>
0: 1.1. Poor Samaj P. Ryan, man. That's the episode it. of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. We will have some live streaming stuff going on tomorrow. So check out Joe's Twitter, my Twitter, Bengal Sanz's Twitter. James, you're gonna be out at a bar, I believe, for, for a lot of the first round. Is that with Mo?
2: No, I'm gonna be at Paul Brown Stadium covering the first round. I'll be at Mo for with Mo at like three o'clock in the afternoon.
0: Oh, okay. Before uh, the draft. Go pre James. On, I'm gonna be drunk on site. Work. I'm gonna be on site, baby. Let's go. That's right. Go, go pregame with James before the draft and hang out with Mike, Joe, and I during the draft. Until next time, Bengals fans will be coming your way after the first round, whether or not the Bengals have made a first-round selection. Until next time, Bengals fans, enjoy the draft, day, and have a good one.